0: with cap and jay hood on espn 1000 and the espn app
1: that's
0: why i good morning and welcome in to the cap and J hood morning show on espn 1000 and we're streaming on the espn chicago app with david kaplan jonathan hood with you we got shay we got charlie we got johnny we got you here on this bears monday as the bears have the number one pick in the draft good morning twitch twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago thanks for keeping the conversation going as we talk about the Bears still to come we'll hear from Courtney Cronin coming up at 835 with her thoughts about the Bears and now we turn to shot or no shot and it's brought to you by thank you secretariat
2: we say good morning to our guy snorling and we welcome him into a victory Monday we didn't win yesterday but we kind of did We're the number one team in the draft. So, new era of Bears football. Snorling.
3: I said brought to you by... Here's snorling. It's brought to you by me. I got to tell you quickly, and I'll get right into Shadow No Shot after this, but I had my first... I had my first communal Bears experience yesterday. Uh, I was at the game, and then leaving the game, we got on the bus, and everybody's watching the Texans game, or they're trying to stream it on Red Zone somehow, any way that they can. And I'm sitting there, and I'm getting Albert Breer tweet alerts. And Breer is live-tweeting the end of the game. So he tweets, Texans touchdown. I say it to the people who are delayed on the Red Zone stream, and everybody on the bus cheers. Then I say they got the two-point, and the bus goes nuts. (laughs) So... Victory Monday, absolutely. Did yeah. you tape that for,
2: like, a wild scenario? Should have got the
3: phone out. Were you with your wife? Yeah, I was with my wife. Had one of you filming that, that would have gone viral, kid. I was. I'm too busy. I was trying to stream the game myself, and then I'm getting the tweet alerts about it. I want to see what happened. I should have my wife record it. Yes. It was. It was an odd bus experience. Maybe we'll get to that. But Ryan, I want to get into shot or no shot here. Ryan Poles tore down the Bears roster. He traded away the best defensive players, and he ate a lot of money to do so. Almost 90 million in cap to trade away these guys. The reward now is the number one pick in the draft. So shot or no shot, this season can be called a success for the
0: Bears. Uh, I, I mean as far as what they want to do you could say is a success. Uh, obviously 3 and 14 is not a successful season. If their objective was to tank or the objective is to try to get as close to number 1 pick as possible sure, but as far as a successful season no. You're 3 and 14. That's not success. I mean, a- ask a company what's it like to be able to be at a loss in the red and is oh well, you know tomorrow will be brighter. Well, today is bleak. So that's a no shot for me. That's not 3-14 and 14 stinks, no matter how you look at it. Now what do you do with that 3-14? and 14? That's perspective. Right. This is the first time the Bears will pick
2: number one since 1947. So in the modern era, they've gotten the two. Mm-hmm. They have never gotten the number one pick. And let's hope that they never again get the number one pick based on record. Maybe yes. you trade for it. That's a different argument. So I'm going to say... Shot that it was a successful season because you have Justin Fields, who you believe in, and you're picking at the top of the draft, and you have all this cap space, and it looks like your stadium project is moving in the right direction, and you're going to hire a new president. Now, what you do with all that remains to be seen. But at this point
0: in time, shot it was successful. You know, some of that you could have got even not being 3-14 and 14 that you just listed.
2: Yeah, you get a new president, don't have to be 3 and 14. You get your new stadium, don't need to be 3 and 14. Yeah. You already had your franchise quarterback in place. You didn't have to be 3 and 14 and get his head kicked in. Got your money. You got all that money by doing, well, you kind of got the 3 and 14 cuz you gave away everybody off That's the true. roster that was worth a blank. That's true. So, yeah, you could have got some of this. The bottom line is it's successful
3: based on what you were trying to do. Shay. And they found Jack Sanborn.
0: Oh. Victory season. Oh. Can't wait to see him back on the field. Yes. Oh. Uh Ryan Poles will address. We're we're from the Gale Street Inn. <laughs> back after this. Cannot wait, man. Cannot wait for the Jack Sanborn be great. show. Get it done, Danny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, boys, Bye. Ryan Poles will address the media today and maybe provide some hints to the offseason plan. But we have to assume with the number one pick, the Bears are open for business. So shot or no shot, they should field calls for Justin Fields. That's a shot. You field calls for everything on your roster. You're
2: 3-14. and 14. You're the worst team in the National Football League. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's why you're at the top of the, ros- uh, top of the draft lottery. So either trade Justin for a haul and go draft a new QB or dra- uh, trade the pick to someone else who wants a QB or take a generational player in Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or whoever else you identify. That's your
0: option. You don't turn down anything but the covers. That is for sure. However, for me... Yeah, you take all the phone calls that come in because you want to find out your options. But for me, Justin Fields is that guy for the Chicago Bears because it's so difficult. Cap, you know, everybody's not blessed to have a Brock Purdy to be able to go in and be like, okay, here's the system, Brock, go ahead and do it. Okay. And now now people still are optimistic about San Francisco. Based on its system, as much as it is Brock Purdy being the quarterback. Same thing with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett helping the Steelers um, stay 500 or above and keeping the momentum for Mike Tomlin's head coach for the Steelers because the system's in place. The standard is the standard. I just think you don't out-dumb the room. If you have someone that you feel that you can mold and shape, then stick with Justin Fields and build around his skill sets. He he was able to do some good things. There's some question marks, but there were some good things that he did. So, yeah, you pick up the phone and, and find out what people are interested in, but I still stick with Justin Fields for me. So that is a shot to at least inquire about what it would take.
3: Shay, this next question is sure to make Cap happy. The Jacksonville Jaguars were last year's version of the Chicago Bears with a young QB in a bad situation, and the result was being the worst team in the league and getting the number one pick in the draft. The Jags followed that up by winning nine games. In fact, three of the five teams that picked in the top five last year also won nine games. Shot or no shot, the Bears can follow that path and win nine games next year.
2: That's a no shot. Their roster is the worst in the NFL, and one offseason doesn't undo that. Now, again, could you have a pop up, as our friend Mark Silverman likes to call it? And he coined a beautiful phrase. Certainly, anything can happen. Remember, oh one, they went what thirteen and three, sure, and then went right back down in the crapper again. We saw that in twenty eighteen; they went twelve and four, and haven't come close since. But I do not see a scenario where they win at least nine football games next year. I don't.
0: That's yeah, a no shot. And I can put the Bears to the side. You predicated on what you see in the, in the NFC North cap. Because if you feel like the Lions and the Vikings will take another step, and it, we'll see what happens with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, at least three teams are better than you in the division that's going to hold you down from even getting to an 8 or 9 win mark. Detroit is an ascending
2: team. We saw that before the season. There were a lot of people, the Bears aren't finishing behind Detroit. No, they're going to finish a billion games behind Detroit. And they have two more number one picks, one in. What number is Detroit picking next? I think it's, I have to check quickly.
3: I think it's like 8 and... 18 or something?
2: So they're going to add two really good players, or they're going to be able to package it and trade up to get another star. Aiden Hutchinson's a beast. Detroit actually has uh, six, and, six 18. and 18. Six and 18. So they're going to get at least two more good players, and they have cap room. So people think they're going away. I don't see it. Now, is Aaron retiring, walking away from all that money?
0: I don't know. At the very least, the Lions and Vikings will have something to say in the NFC North. Correct. To hold the Bears down, because you've got to beat those teams in your division, too. So I would say uh, that's a no shot. Shay?
3: All right, the Bears will have plenty of decisions to make this offseason. One of those is going to be with what to do with David Montgomery. Monty ran for 800 yards and five touchdowns on the ground this year. He's a free agent this offseason, shot or no shot. The Bears need to re-sign Monty.
2: That's a shot if the deal
3: is right. I think Jonathan
2: said it last week. If he wants to be here, I'm not asking him to take some lousy deal. If they're fair with him and he's fair with them, shot, but that list of free agent running backs, pretty damn impressive if you outprice yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a shot for me. I'm a Montgomery fan because he cares. Uh, and He understands he's been in a tough situation with this Bears team, but every time he has the football, it's almost like his last cap. He's like, I'm, whatever happens, I'm going to run as hard as possible. I appreciate that. You know what it is with this Bears team, but yet he continues to play hard. So I'm sure they can come to an agreement. Hopefully they'll meet a middle ground and they can be able to uh, keep Monty around. If not, I can understand. It's a price of business. It could be the Khalil Herbert show. Who knows? Could be. So, I mean, but I like Montgomery on this team. So hopefully that is a shot. Shape
3: sticking with free agency the bears will also have to do something at the wide receiver position one option is the patriots jacoby myers who's probably the best wide receiver available in this free agent class the patriots offense was arguably the worst in football with matt patricia at the helm and yet myers was still able to catch nearly 70 passes for over 800 yards so shot or no shot the bears should sign jacoby myers
0: how much is that gonna cost yeah what's the cost Fifteen million a year, maybe. Okay, so let's take take a step back before we answer that question. Then we'll answer it together. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, you and I will go over the threshold and answer it together. But we got to take a step back first. Okay. So, cap with this cap space that the Bears have, and they got tons of money to to spend. Now, because you have tons of money to spend, how much do you spend? Right. This is not a uh, the Cubs scenario, right? Where it's like. Hey, you got money to spend, and you won't spend it until you are ready to spend it on Darby on uh, Swanson, Dansby yeah. Swanson. Yep. So, so Cap, how much do you spend? What what do you spend it on? Right? Should it be a wide receiver someone to help Justin Fields right away? Is that line help? Your defense is a sieve. It's it's, it's one of the worst defense that I've seen in my lifetime. As far as them not being able to get to the quarterback, making business decisions against the Lions a couple of weeks ago, like you know this Bears team needs help. So how much are you willing to spend on a wide receiver? And are you ready to win with said wide receiver?
2: Correct. And why is he leaving New England? If he's such an impactful player, it's not like their wide receiver room is filled with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Why would he leave there after four years? His first two years, he didn't catch a touchdown pass. He had two last year and six this year. So $15 million a
3: year for that? 15 million? I mean, you can't hold the touchdown receptions against him. The offense was horrible and the worst in football in the red zone, in large part because of play calling and the quarterback. That might be a reason he wants to leave, by the way.
0: Mac Jones. I I will just tell you. Mac Jones. Who? I just. Also, Belichick
2: historically does not pay those guys. I would just be very concerned taking guys who Bill Belichick let walk out the door, Mike Tomlin let walk out the door. Like, you just gave up the last pick in the first round for Chase freaking Claypool, who's got to prove a lot to me that that was a smart
0: deal. So before we we're going to dive headlong into the, the shot or no shot, I want to get perspective first. So based on everything we laid out, you know, are you ready to spend through the nose for a wide receiver based on your cap space? That guy comes from New England. So I'll say no shot for now for on, that, on that particular okay, play. I'm going to
2: absolutely
0: jump on his shoulders and go with him. Exactly what he
2: said. Yeah.
0: See, I wanted to just lay that out first because, man, you see all this money. Well, well who are we going to spend it on? And who's going to get, like, you want to make sure it's on quality. Not saying that he's not, but you just got to figure out, okay, so you're with the Patriots, and now Belichick can't use you. So what's the problem with you? Correct. Hmm. It makes you wonder, right? Correct. I'm not saying they did. I want the Bears to get a wide receiver because I want Justin to be able to have rapport with someone besides Darnell Mooney. But it's interesting that he'd be available off of the all-time great Bill Belichick. I do,
3: I have a take about Belichick and wide receivers, but I think we're up against it if we want to get to it after. Uh, 10.05? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, it's just sticking with this conversation, because if the Bears are going to go, two or three of the wide receivers available are from the Patriots, so... If you're going to get a wide receiver, probably going to get one who played on the Patriots.
0: All right. Should the Bears be breaking the bank for receiver help this offseason? We'll take more of your phone calls coming up. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Let's get your phone calls in because the Bears have the number one overall pick. The new era Bears are here on Chicago's Home for Sports, and Jay Hood.
4: You're listening to and Jay Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJHood. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. With the seventh pick
1: in the 2015 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Kevin White.
0: Ah, uh, yes, the Kevin White pick did not work out. But maybe the number one pick can work out for the Chicago Bears because we have the number one pick for the first time since 1947. It's the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app, that same ESPN Chicago app in which you could find the Bear Down podcast with Black and Abdallah. If you need more Bears content, go to the ESPN Chicago app. Check out Black and Abdallah there. Right there on our ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. The Bears have a number one pick. We're asking you your thoughts. Should the Bears also be breaking the bank for receiver help this offseason? Anything to help Justin Fields, Cap? Anything to help him? Offensive line help could work as well. When you're giving up 55 sacks, I mean, some of this is on Justin, but also on the, on the uh, offense as well with Justin. It's, it's a lot of work to be done on this team. 55 sacks for fields, that's a lot. We sat through a lot this season. And it's amazing the number
2: of trade proposals that I'm seeing on social media directed mm-hmm. at us. Mailman Orlando, good morning to you, Mailman Orlando. Cap, can we swap picks with Houston? They give us their 12th pick in the first round because they also have number two and a second round pick. Correct me if I'm wrong, when Pace went 3-2, to two, he gave up two threes and a four. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it's realistic to think you're going to get a one and a two from going up one spot. I don't know. No idea. You got to take all the calls, man. No idea. Got to take them all.
0: John and Marengo on Capit J Hood on ESPN 1000. Good morning, John. Good morning, gentlemen. First so, of all, Johnny. go Vikes. Uh, go, go where? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking too. Go where? It, it, <laughs> go to the first, go to the first round. Yeah, yeah. When you yes. when you get your head off your pillow this morning, you have to realize, oh, that's right. Kirk Cousins is our quarterback. Good luck. Hey, re- reality has struck me several times. Trust me, I know. So, <laughs> I guess you know I understand the hope thing and everything, and and you know, uh, cap. You mentioned depth, and we got to build depth. But what makes you guys think that this is going to be? Any different other than that it's been in the past because you know, I remember when Ryan Pace got hired, you guys were all pumped up. You know, he's a Sean Payton guy, he's gonna do it. And well, now you had Roquan Smith, and I understand now you got a new GM and he's gonna clean the house because he wants his guys. So, what makes you think in four or five years you're not gonna be right back here again doing the exact same thing? The reason why this feels different because it is a new era for this Bears team, it's reimagined. As we documented in hour one, you can go back to the archives of uh, the Cap and Jay Hood podcast. We talked about this in the 7 o'clock hour. The reason why this is different, Cap and I laid it out, is because it's not a general manager coming in building on the crap that you already have. It is level to the studs, and you're building with Justin Fields and moving up that way. The other times, whether it's Emery, whether it's Angelo to an extent... Uh, and other general managers that have been here and Pace, it's like, well, we like our veterans and we'll build on top of the veterans. And there was a disconnect for some general managers and also the, uh, with ownership. There was a disconnect where it's like, oh, yeah, the head coach and, and, and John Fox didn't want Ryan Pace to be the uh, general manager. And there was a disconnect in philosophy on what to do no, with Trubisky. No, no, escape. no,
2: it's the other way around. Pace didn't want Fox. Pace got hired before Fox.
0: Was Were you sure that Pace wanted Fox to be the head coach? Looks like that didn't happen at the No, that's so what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Pace did
2: not want Fox. He wanted his own guy. Well, you're young. You've never done this. We need to get a veteran steady guiding hand there, and we know how that works.
0: Well, they, can, I, can it be fair that they didn't like each other? That it, it wasn't a fit for either one?
2: Yeah, I don't know if... I don't know if like is the wrong it's the right term. I think they had a they respected each other's knowledge. They just were not a fit like the cream in the coffee that, that it, it didn't go together.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I I guess the point is is that this is where Poles has the autonomy to be able to mold and shape this in his own image from the beginning, from the bottom and try to work it way all the way to the top. That's the difference to me. Correct.
2: No one has ever been able to level it like this because when candidates interviewed, we're getting rid. I'm telling you, Chris Ballard told George in his interview, first thing I'm doing, I'm releasing Jay Cutler or moving him tomorrow. He is the black cloud over our organization. That is what they were told. No, we're not doing that. Okay, I'm out then. That's, why, that's, why,
0: that's why it feels different. Correct. Is because Poles has the temerity to step up and say, yeah, we're going to get rid of these veteran players and we're going to build this through the draft and free agency the right way. And that's different. Correct. Versus other general managers have been here. John, we're glad you checked in. Appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open 312 332 3776. Anthony and Arnton Heights on ESPN 1000. All right, Tony.
1: Uh, hey, guys. So, how are you? Cat, What's up? this is uh, Anthony the Barber, Pete and Anthony's uh, brother in law. Absolutely. How, how are you guys?
2: <laughs> What's going
1: on? How are you?
2: Good. You guys are diehard fans.
1: Well, Pete and Anthony are for sure. I'm a diehard Bills fan, but I live in Chicago, and you're the only show I listen to, so I got to weigh in. Appreciate you. So, um, emotional day yesterday, being a Bills fan. Me and my son, we got into our Bills stuff. It was a great day yesterday, but we'll get get with the Bears stuff. Yeah, but but, but hats
0: off to you, Anthony. You got to tell us, your (laughs) your initial reaction, right? Game starts, and you return it. For a touchdown, your first play is a special teams play. How about you, that,
1: you had to be going nuts, right? We were we were literally jumping all over the living room. It was uh, my, my <laughs> two year old was jumping with us and has no idea about football. We were going nuts. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. so great. So, uh, but getting back to the Bears stuff, we had uh, Bears season tickets since 1963. My grandfather, God rest his soul, um, uh, so it was uh, being a Bears fan has been a thing in our life as well. And I really do believe that Justin Fields was not their pick, how about this? We dangle him out there, see what we can get for him. What if Houston is so desperate that they offer us their second pick for Justin Fields, and we have number one and number two? Now we get that defensive player from Alabama, and we go get their quarterback as well, or whichever quarterback they think is the best in the draft. And now you get number one and number two. It's just a thought.
2: It's an interesting... Anthony, thanks, man. Those are such good dudes. Um, that is an interesting proposal. I think you would get more than just the number two pick. Don't you? hmm A lot more. I'm not saying you're going to get 18 number one picks, but I would think if Houston was all in on Justin Fields, then you would get number two and perhaps another number one pick of theirs. Or a two and a three, there'll be more player capital. Something would be coming with it. Shay.
3: I wonder if it'd be like two and a fifth or something, though, because it's the opportunity cost that you're giving up of if Bryce Young is better than Fields, not saying he is, but if that happens, you get five years of Bryce Young against three years of Fields, and you're giving up the same asset.
0: I, I'm just ruling out of hand this whole thing that the Bears – would even? I'm sure. I'm sure they'll take calls, but they're not trading Justin Fields. It's just not happening. It's not happening. It is like I, I'm so focused on what the draft and free agents going to bring, the free agency is going to bring that this whole thing of trading Justin Fields. So you, you put him in there to get a beating just to trade him. You, you mean? It, just, I mean,
2: I'm not telling you I would because you know that's my guy. I love Justin Fields. What I am telling you is Ryan Poles then resets. Everything. He's got five years with a rookie quarterback. He doesn't have to make a $250 million extension offer a year from now. And it's his guy. I, I understand if he makes the calls. I wouldn't trade the kid unless the deal was so overwhelmingly positive. I would keep the quarterback I have.
0: That's what I would do, Charlie. I Just the idea that, that people don't want... Fields here and think you could trade him and just and again, I look at this draft class and I not know, I look at it through college football eyes. I just don't, I'm just knocked out, just not knocked out by this quarterback class to say for sure someone in the draft is better than Justin Fields today. Why spin the wheel again? I, we've done it so many times now
3: and uh, is there really a higher percentage chance that uh, Bryce Young is going to work out than, than, than Fields? I mean, again, like I think you're just
0: hopping on the wheel again. I just, I couldn't do it. Not, not for me. Sorry. There's so many other needs on this football team. Why get rid of the genuine article? You may not be a fan of Justin Fields, but again, all of this ineptitude around Justin Fields is because he had no talent around him. A, a rickety offensive line. No receivers to throw to. I like Komet. I like Montgomery. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you just know it was built to fail. So what we saw this year is not necessarily indicative of who Justin Fields is. Imagine Justin Fields with an offensive line. Imagine him with talent. Imagine him cutting those rushes in half and be able to throw down the field. He's developing just like the other young players on this roster. So I just, I just think it's, it's unfair to look at Fields and say, well, this is who he is. Well, look at the team. Is this what the team is for the next five years? It's not because it'll change. Correct. So I, I just again,
2: I'm not, I'm not interested in moving. F- I'm from Justin. I've been clear from day one. I think he's the real deal. But if somebody calls you up and offers you,
0: they're giving me what? You have to listen to everything. You have to. Brooklyn, New York, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Derek on ESPN 1000. All right, Derek.
1: Yo, good morning, Jay Hood. Cat, what's going on? What's up, D? What's up? What's up? Listen. I'm very happy and sad at the same time that we got this first pick, but we got to do it right. And if that means entertaining, trading Justin Fields, I listen, I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of potential, but that wasn't Ryan's pick. I know he said he likes him, but if we have to entertain it. We have to build this team from the offensive line and defensive line and then everything else to work yourself out. That's all I wanted to say. Go Bears. And have a great day, everybody. Talk to you soon. You too. You ha- Ryan would
2: not be doing his job if he doesn't entertain every possible phone call. He can't answer the phone and go, yellow. Yeah, Ryan, Jonathan, hey, what's up, man? How are things in Carolina? Mm-hmm. They're good. What do you want for Fields? I'll offer you three number ones. Nope, I'm not talking about them. See ya. Bang. Ryan, you got 17 voicemails here. Everybody was- wants to know about Fields. I'm not returning any of the calls. Then I don't want him as my GM. I want him to investigate every opportunity to make us a better football team so that we are never ever again celebrating a victory Monday because we're the worst
0: team in the league. Three, one, two three, three, two three, seven, seven, six is our phone number coming up We'll hear from Courtney Cronin. Her thoughts about the Chicago Bears. It is a new era for the Chicago Bears. they had the number one pick in the draft and also free agency money and also everything else that comes along with this new look bears outfit. We're talking about it, Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings 7 to 10.
4: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago.
2: Now, Courtney Cronin, Double C, Bears Insider. And Irish dancer...
4: I was an Irish dancer, probably like 10 to like 13.
0: Takes you into Hallis Hall on Cap'n J. Hood. It's a Bears Monday with Cap'n J. Hood on ESPN 1000. And streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. We turn to Courtney Cronin, who covers the Chicago Bears like a blanket for ESPN Chicago. She joins us here on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Courtney.
4: Morning, guys. How are we? Don't oh, see.
0: Oh, it's a Bears victory Monday for some because the Bears have secured the number one pick in the draft. Um, look, before we get there, you put out there first the 2023 opponents for the Bears, AFC West, NFC South, along with the division. Uh, could you go through the uh, what you tweeted home in a way?
4: Yeah, so the it all came down to that Rams game last night to determine whether it was going to be the Rams or the Cardinals. That was the final spot we were waiting on because we knew that they had the AFC West and the NFC South. So, And then some of the crossover games were same-place finishers in the AFC North, which is Cleveland, and then um, the Cardinals in the, in, the, uh, um, in the NFC West. So home games are Packers, Lions, Vikings... And the, then the NFC South rivals that come to town. So Falcons, Panthers, AFC West, or Broncos, Raiders, and then the same place, NFC West finishers, the Cardinals, because they finish fourth. The away games, Lions, Vikings, Packers, the two AFC West games, Chiefs, Chargers, NFC South, Bucks, Commanders, and, um, Saints. Cleveland. Saints, excuse Cleveland. me. Yeah, yeah, Saints. And then, yeah, Saints, box Commanders, and then Cleveland. So that they have nine away games, eight home games next year.
0: Huh, seven and 10.
4: <laughs> I mean, depending upon <laughs> what they do with this roster, I I, that, I don't Cap? think that, I mean, that should be the floor, right, for next year. The absolute floor.
2: How about that, Cap? Yeah, again, Courtney, we, we were talking about it. And I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer here because everyone's celebrating and uh, this is a victory Monday. Because the Bears have the worst record, so they get the top pick. And it's cool. They haven't done this since 1947. This is a new era with team president. Stadium deal should be closed by the end of this calendar year. You think you have your quarterback. You're picking at the top of the draft. You have double the cap space of anyone in the NFL. All good things. But if you look at that schedule, again, and it depends how healthy these teams are when you play them and when you play them There's not a ton of guaranteed victories on there right now.
4: No, there's not. And, I mean, as we saw last night, this Lions team is legit. I mean, you go into a game with nothing to play for because right, right before you take the field, you find out that Seattle you know, eliminate you from postseason contention. And they still played like that. And of course, some people are going to look at the ejection of Quay Walker there at the end of the what was it, third quarter and say, well, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for the Packers defensively. And then the Lions went down and scored. I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether we put that much stock into that other than the Lions played really hard. And they're not... The division isn't getting any easier. The Vikings are still where they're at right now. The Lions are continuing to progress. And who knows what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and his future beyond this season. But it's... I mean, I would say the Falcons, the Panthers, the Raiders of the... And I mean, the Cardinals, because they're not going to have Kyler Murray next year, probably by the time that they play. Who knows? But... Those are, you know, four games right there. And, I mean, the Bron- I think the home schedule is going to be easier than the away schedule. I really do. Because you drew a good matchup having the Broncos and the Raiders at Soldier Field. But, I mean, again, this team is still – I mean, they're 3-14 and 14 this year. You don't – I just think it's kind of – mad, not going to be like this magical thing where you go from 3-14 and 14 to, you know, first in the NFC North. They've still got a ways to get there, but – Everything that came out of this season, there's a lot of good, a lot of like in terms of like, the development and the progress that you saw with quarterback Justin Fields and certain other players that you know will be part of this group going forward. But there's still a lot of unknowns, and now it's the chance. And now the hard part starts. I mean, the fact that they lucked their way into this number one pick because their game ends, and then it's about five, six minutes later, the Houston game ends, and they get the number one pick. Now the work begins where you get to really judge Ryan Poles as an evaluator and as a decision maker because all you know, majority of this roster this year was all guys on one-year contracts. When we go to locker cleanout today, this is probably going to be the last time we see a majority of this roster. Next year's a different case, though, because they're going to have money to spend. They're going to have the draft resources available to them. And they're going to get to actually start building after the teardown is now complete.
0: How do you evaluate uh, Matt Averflus as head coach, Courtney? I mean, after all this losing, this is his first year as well. So uh, I guess in your gut, does he feel like a placeholder or the guy when the Bears are good?
4: Yeah, I mean, they... They made a commitment to him in polls. And I think that that's something, he was asked about it last week, where you go into the season knowing that you don't have to win. I mean, if you did, that would be gravy. But it's, it's a situation with Iberflus where I don't, again, I don't know if you truly get to evaluate him beyond – what we know about the season and what the season was for is for building something. It was for establishing what he likes to call that foundational floor. Now, can they carry that over to Mm -hmm. next year? Sure. And, And I think that that's where you can truly judge him as a coach. When you have the pieces in place for a defense that was completely undermanned this year. And he talked about it yesterday that he could feel after Ryan Poles traded Robert Quinn and, um, Roquan Roquan Smith and obviously before that with Khalil Mack. Like you could feel that on the defensive side of the ball. Like and that was something that he said took several weeks to kind of get over. But The fact that he was able to kind of keep this unit together the best he could obviously the result did not look great and certainly you know yesterday was whatever you had replacement level players playing like let's call that what it was and guys that are probably not on this roster or at least not in any starting capacity next year but to me the the one that sticks out as like the worst one that's kind of where you kind of have some question marks, is that Lions loss two weeks ago just because of the way that the guys played and the way that, the, you know, it just felt like there were either coaching points that were being missed or guys just not wanting to, to execute based on effort and things like that. And I don't know if that completely reflects on the coaching. I think he did the best he could this season with, you know, the short straw. Again, like it's you can't judge people on that when they were set up to not win this year. I think it's you know, the fact that he kept this group together. They established something. Guys were falling back to the hits principle when things things were going wrong, and, and you can feel that in the locker room too. Like the, the the heartbeat of this team didn't slow down at all when things got really tough. Nobody wants to end the season on a ten game win, a ten game losing streak. But I think that there is that confidence that. The worst part of 2022, the worst part of the season is finally behind them that they can turn their attention to next season because things are looking up.
2: So, Courtney, as you look at the roster, you're there every single day. How many different players are going to be on the offensive line, the starting offensive line? How many receivers do they need? How many defensive players do they need? What are we looking at here in terms of an overhaul? Because there is an expectation from a lot of the fan base that I follow on social media, talking with Shea, they can get this thing turned and win nine games next year. And I just think the it's the worst roster, but you have the best possible scenario for this new era of Bears football.
4: No, you do. And that's, that's important to remember, that they do have a lot of resources available to them. And this offseason should be really busy. Now, like, you know what is that going to look like because you have this number 1 pick he should be open for business from now until April 27th and first night of the draft and trying to figure out what do you do with that pick how much how many resources can you can you pull out of a team if you decide to trade back of course he's also going to have to consider Ryan polls that is what if you want to stay at number 1 and what you would do with that but to your point cap of how many re, how many spots they have to fill still on this team it's a lot Like, I know that this was the teardown year, rip it to the studs to start building. Well, you had to have players play. Like, you had to get somebody to... You had to field a team. And that's what they did, but that doesn't mean that this is the group at all that's going to go forward next year. So let's start with the offensive line. I think you have, at minimum two new starters there and potentially a third and I think center is the first place that you look there whether it's Lucas Patrick if he's healthy um, because we didn't really get to see him this year I, I think it's either him back there or someone else Riley Reif was here on a one-year deal. Do you want to re-sign him? Do you want to look somewhere else? Do you potentially want to draft a Peter Skoronsky or you know, the, the Paris Johnson kid and potentially move Braxton Jones over to right tackle? I think there's a lot of moving parts there. The offensive line is not set by any stretch, and we know that that's going to require a bunch of attention. I think you have four new starters across the board on the defensive line. I really do. I think that you know Qadin Mohammed's here it wasn't a great season maybe he sticks around cuz he does have the the connection with Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis maybe a change in the scheme tweaks to it can change things but i think you have four new starters up front and then At receiver, they've only got four guys under contract going into next year. So, again, another overhaul in that room. I think that you have to pull off a trade, though. I don't think the Bears can sit idly and say, well, there's free agency and then there's the draft. This draft, unlike other years, guys, is not loaded with wide receiver talent where you can pick up somebody in the fourth round and expect that person to be an immediate contributor. It doesn't look like that this year. The strength of this draft... Is the defensive line group, so they can feel confident turning there if they want to to address that need. But I think for receiver, like look look at see who's in a situation right now who might not want to be there, i.e. a DeAndre Hopkins in in Arizona to mm-hmm. think about guys that you could potentially bring in here via trade, not have to maybe move that many draft assets, but somebody that you can expect to be an immediate impact player because they didn't have that among anyone in the receiver group even when Mooney was was healthy he wasn't he wasn't like this number one presence you need that and I don't know if they're going to find it in free agency or the draft and I think a trade could potentially be on the table for them to consider to do that
0: how do we evaluate Ryan Poles and also a look into the NFC North with Courtney Cronin as we talk to her about the Chicago Bears on Chicago's Home for Sports
4: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports.
0: Courtney Cronin is with us on Cap and Jay Hood as we talk about the Bears. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft. We're talking about it here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Now, just like anything else, Courtney, when you're in your first year, you get evaluated. So, Polls, far from perfect in his first year. Uh, He didn't trade Robert Quinn and and, uh, Roquan Smith until the middle of the season. Same thing with getting Vales Jones in a wide receiver rich draft. He gets Vales Jones, who does not look good right now. I don't know what that means for year two, year three, but... Out of all the wide receivers, you get Phyllis Jones, a special teams guy, couldn't really get on the field. And then, of course, Chase Claypool, the jury's still out. So how do you evaluate polls? Because as much as he's got a lot of things that he could be doing, the first year, a little shaky, I think.
4: Yeah, and I think that, you know, given the circumstances, he knew the assignment Then that was to... Field a team that you think you can get an evaluation, or at least some evaluation on your quarterback. They answered the biggest question because what you know, and I know this is going to be the topic of conversation this offseason. They know that Justin Fields can play quarterback. They have belief in him for the future, his leadership was never in question. I mean, that's one thing that like this this new staff got to learn that, and they learned it very quickly. So I think the hurdle that they crossed in checking that box, the box that usually most teams cannot check, the ones that can't get over the hump and trying to figure out how to win, at least they know they have a franchise quarterback sitting right there. Now if they decide to do something with that number one overall pick, if there's somebody at the quarterback spot they can't pass up, that's a different conversation. But I think for polls, being able to get out of this season knowing that, you ace the test. But everything else aside, we, you know this was the teardown. This was the year where he was supposed to rip this thing to the studs to be able to build it in the direction that he wants to. The real evaluation on Ryan Poles starts now. It starts in free agency. It starts in the draft. And I think for him... Knowing where he came from, I mean, remember, he spent his entire career in personnel in Kansas City. He's seen a team draft number one overall, and he's seen a team get the 32nd pick in the first round, so... As an evaluator, I think that he has a good grasp on the type of players that this team wants. And I mean, the same—you know—you got to be on the same page with the coaching staff about the body types, the scheme fits, the the type of guys that will do what you need them to do. And this is a young team right now; they've got a lot of holes. So I don't think that you can truly evaluate Ryan Poles as an evaluator until you see what he does these next couple months.
2: So, Courtney. I believe, and I asked Jonathan this question, I compared it to when Theo came in to save the Cubs. He had skins on the wall. He'd won two World Series. His Red Sox teams went on and won another one with everything that he put there, and then he did it in Chicago. Ryan has not had that opportunity. This is his first bite at the apple of being a GM. So is this new team president, number one pick, New coach and new GM closing on the purchase of Arlington Heights to build a new stadium. Is this the biggest moment in our lifetimes in Chicago sports? I'm not talking about the World Series or the Super Bowl. I'm talking about off the field. Is this the biggest moment in Chicago sports and what they do with it?
4: I think I can speak to that from the Bears' perspective. This feels like everything is – this is franchise-altering right now. And I don't – obviously, just out of respect, because I didn't cover the Bulls. I haven't covered the Cubs. Like, I've been around as a fan, but – to, you know, I'm, I don't know if I can really stack that up against the other ones in the city, but for this franchise that I do cover, everything is lining up for them to make their move, to get back into relevancy, and relevancy being a team that, that wins and changes the direction, the trajectory of this franchise. The new stadium is that's huge. And I mean, they should be closing in the first quarter of this of you know the next couple months. I mean, that was the plan all along. And to be able to do that and give this franchise and this fan base a breath of fresh air, along with the prospect for a hopeful future, they're on the cusp of something. Like yesterday was a franchise altering day. When they earn the number one overall pick, and I and I was writing this, this is the most leverage that Ryan Poles has been sitting on in a cal- in a calendar year, which is crazy to think about. He had his pick of the litter between the Vikings and the Bears when he chose to become the GM here. Remember, he turned down the Vikings offer because it was one year less and decided to come here to be a part of this rebuild. This is more leverage than he's had when he get, got the green light to rip this roster down to the studs so he could build it the way that he wanted to. What he's sitting on right now is a gold mine. In terms of the free agency resources and, and salary cap space that they have, and the fact that they have the number one overall draft pick, couple that with bringing in a new president, having a new stadium, potentially, you know, having your franchise quarterback the thing that no one has been able to solve here in a very, very, very long time. I feel like this might be, you know, for the Chicago Bears, this is defining. This will define where they go probably for the rest of at least my lifetime, like within this moment right here in 2022 and 23. And now the hard work begins because it's great to have all those things up front, but what do you actually do with those resources? How do you spend those draft picks? How are those players when they're brought in? How are they coached? Um, you know, and obviously with the team president, which hopefully we'll be hearing about here soon, like if it is Kevin Warren, how quickly can you get this stadium built? Because that's what he did in Minnesota. That's you know, he, he's incredibly he's an incredibly powerful individual in this space and I feel like that is for the Chicago Bears to be able to have somebody like that in there to guide this project and get it done sooner rather than later is really of the highest importance.
0: Courtney, as always, we appreciate it. We'll be talking soon.
4: Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a
0: good day. It is Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears for ESPN Chicago. And in two minutes, we ask you the question, hey, the Bears got the number one pick. What do you want them to do with it? We talk about it right here on and J-Hood.